Hello, friends. You're listening to the Sound Off Podcast. My name is Nate Laux, and I'm your host. Sound Off is a community conversation show that airs each Monday and Friday live on 96.7 The Eagle in LaPorte, Indiana. And while podcasts don't allow for live interaction, we are still grateful to have you listening and engaged. So please help us out by subscribing and rating the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. Share the podcast with your friends and enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from November 5th, 2021 with your host, Nate Laux. Nate's guest today is Nick Minnick, the City of LaPorte engineer. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Laux. Hello, friends. Today is Monday, or sorry, no, Friday, November 5th. Soon you're listening to Sound Off on 867 The Eagle. That's probably a, a, essentially how this show is going to go. So bear with me. It's Monday in my heart. It's Friday in reality. I'm having, I've got a case of the Mondays. But we, yeah, no kidding. But it's sound off, right? So how bad can it be? My name is Nate Laux, and it's an honor to be your host today. In the studio with me is the City of Laporte engineer Nick Minnick. I'm glad to have Nick with us. If you have a question for our guest today, call or text the Liquor Vault on airline at 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Now I want to talk about something real quick before we get into our guest. No on this day in history today, because I want to talk about what's gonna happen over the next month or two on the show. Now, I know many of our guests love topic days, and we're going to have those days, but you might see a little bit fewer of them because we've got a lot of guests we're trying to get into. With social media and things like this, there's more opportunities to talk to other community members about what you might not like or what you find problematic. But there's not always great avenues and great opportunities to talk to community and civic leaders. And so when we get the option to do that, we want to make sure we can do that. So coming up on the show over the next month or so, we've got obviously Tom Dermody, Mayor Tom Dermody will be back for the city of the port. We've got Sheriff John Boyd coming on the show. We've got... Um, uh, we're going to have a, a, a show just on high school basketball. Chip is going to be back uh, to talk a little bit more about what we expect out of LaPorte High School basketball. And, and just lots of good shows coming up. So if you see some fewer shows for topic, it doesn't mean we're getting rid of them. We just wanted to kind of let you know that uh, you might see a couple more uh, in the next month or two. A couple more guests just as we finish this year off to give you the opportunity to talk to your leaders and the people leading your city, county, and state. So Nick Menick is the engineer for the city of LaPorte. Born and raised here in LaPorte, he has extensive experience in community, municipal, and civil engineering projects. Because of an innovative pavement management system designed by Nick, LaPorte was the first city in Indiana to win a federal grant for pavement maintenance based on an approved asset management system. He received a bachelor's degree in civil engineering from Valparaiso University and his master's degree in sustainable infrastructures from the University of Colorado. He is a member of Northwest Indiana Society of Innovators. I am glad to have you here with us back on the show for the first time, I think in, in a year or so, Nick. Glad to have you back. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Um, so you are a member of the Northwest Indiana Society of Innovators. What does that get you? Wow. Uh, Free hors d'oeuvres one night three years ago, four years ago, something like that. Hey, uh, you you got your master's degree. I do want to, I, I, every I, time I see this. You're, it, I'm I'm actually short on the master's degree. I have, oh. to, I have to finish my report. Okay. 
Sustain- All the coursework is done. Sustainable infrastructure, though. Yes. What is sustainable infrastructure? So sustainable urban infrastructure is what uh, what I've studied, and really it's it's a combination of a lot of things. So in my classes, I would have people in, in business, planning, architecture, uh, public policy, and then obviously engineering. And it's really looking at infrastructure as a system and looking at how our, our cities and our communities work as a system. So everything we do, we try and build a system approach and then when you talk about sustainability, the definition of sustainability is going to be different for for every community, for every individual, because it's, it, it is very broad. But when we talk about it from a sustainable community standpoint, we want to make sure that we're utilizing our resources the best we can. And those resources are not just our natural resources. Those are our people and our dollars. So we want to be as efficient with the funds that, that we, we've been entrusted with by the public to make sure we get the most in the short term and long term to really help this community be the the greatest community it can be. And what does a city engineer do most days? Or maybe I should ask, what doesn't a city engineer do most days? (laughs) Uh, What doesn't the engineer (laughs) is a a good question. Um, The the simplest way to look at it is we we are tasked in in my department and then other departments too, but we're we're really tasked with, I'd say, management of the common space. So we don't necessarily have um, as much responsibility utility-wise as say our water department or wastewater does on the actual infrastructure. But when people want to build something, when when we do a municipal project, um, all that goes through the office. So whether it be a building permit or um, us, you know, going out and doing repaving projects, things like that, uh, planning, that type of thing too. Uh, recently, the, the engineering department's kind of expanded to take over a little bit more of a leadership role with with planning too so we're, we're trying to integrate and be more efficient and make sure that we're providing the the best service we can for the community yeah so let's talk about this we've got uh city engineer nick minnick on the show and you said there's a little bit of evolution and i know mayor tom dermody's doing lots of kind of different changes and tweaks and things like that to talk about efficiencies all these kind of things and your department is going to change a little bit and what are some of those changes that are coming up so previously, um, our city planner would have been kind of a separate department, more or less. But we're we're bringing that into engineering, and uh, it's not engineering anymore then. But um, what we found is over the years, our city planner, the city engineer, and and then kind of another group of people. We really are the kind of the the key folks that help make sure uh, projects move forward, and um, and and you know having division between the two kind of stalls projects in some ways. So anything we can do to try and make sure that we we keep things moving and we keep moving forward and we're providing, like I said, the highest quality infrastructure we can, you know, that's that's the kind of improvements we'd like to make. Just got a Facebook uh, comment from Andrew Minnick that said, great job, Nick. Is this a plant? Uh, No, no, no. Andrew's like, third fourth cousin okay. so it's, it's okay great. so let's get to i know what many people are wanting to know uh obviously you are not we've got a streets department but you are involved in asset management these kind of things we had a comment uh i think given to mayor dermody in one of our recent shows they said hey i don't think any streets got paved this year is that true no so it's it's not true um we did pave less streets this year than we have in the past and one of the reasons for that is uh really it's how and when we get our funds so our funds are all um they're they're set 
about 50% of them, but the other 50% for road paving, we actually have to apply to the state for. So uh, a couple of years ago, we applied, and you can apply two times a year. If you get the full amount the first time, you can't apply the second time. So we, we um, a couple of years ago, we applied, and then we got all of our money, then we got the rest of the money. So we actually did a kind of a double paving program two years ago, and some of that was also this spring. So some streets got paved this spring, and then um, Monroe Manor is also getting paved part of it this year too. So we have, we've had some paving programs, but we have not had as much in the past because we kind of did double the effort before. The funds we need to match those dollars, only um, they, they only generate so quickly. So we, we can't just keep, you know, keep paving and keep paving without regenerating those matching dollars too. So we did just get word that our uh, community crossings grant application that was put in in July was accepted. We don't know what all we're going to do with that yet. We we asked for about a million dollars, which matched is a two million dollar project. They gave us nine hundred and forty six. So I don't I don't know which street they cut off, and we don't get to control that. So unfortunately. I, so help me understand this, Nick. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ignorant on so much of this, but. Uh, so this you you put forward to the state of Indiana. Um, this is the streets we want to do. This is the estimated cost, and they decide. The state has some kind of in dot. I assume has some kind of decision on whether or not those streets can get done. Well, we we give them our prioritization. So we give them the streets we want to do. We prioritize those, and then what they do is they wait until they close their books financially. Um, I think every every two quarters, every half a year, when they close the books and know exactly how much they can give, that's when they decide how much they're going to give to each community. So we will apply for the maximum amount every year, but it, it's up to the state uh, determining on a semi-annual basis how much they're gonna have available for paving to, to decide which streets we get. And again, we do have a we do prioritize, um, but we're never guaranteed any of those dollars. So I'm 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 going to clarify this again because I'm still a little confused. So you're going to get let's say you said nine hundred roughly nine hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then the city will put forward nine hundred fifty thousand as well. Part of the deal is you have to match it, which is right. a a common federal state level grant system. But you're going to do that nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're going to do nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Doesn't the city get to decide what streets are done then? No, it's it's determined with that grant application. So okay. yes, we we decide when we apply. We don't decide when we receive the funds, which streets were were selected, or you know, hopefully, in, in the best case scenario, we get all the money and we do all the streets we we put on the list. So you still haven't received back from them the streets that have made the cut and the streets that haven't? Well, we, we just received notice yesterday. I think there was a press release that went out. Um, so we know that the number is 946. Okay. So. All right. So you know the amount of money. Yep. And then how quickly will people, our listeners who are concerned about roads, obviously, how quickly will they know what roads for the next year are going to be getting done? As, as soon as we have additional information, we'll, we'll put that out there and we'll actually start the bidding process. Um, we have four months to complete that process. So we'll have a contract with a with a um, road paving contractor within the next four months. All right, well, we've got 
City Engineer Nick Minnick. We're talking about streets. I want to come back and talk about more economic development, what's going on. We'll talk about that, all the, those other things. If you've got a question, though, I want to hear from you. The Liquor Vault on airline is open, 219-362-0522. You're welcome to text me or call me at that number. Or if you're watching through our Facebook live stream, you can ask a question there. I'd be happy to ask Nick as well. Or you can email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. We're going to take our first break of the day. I look forward to hearing from you after this. Uh, give us a call during the commercial break and keep it right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. My name is Nate Lauks. And if you have a question for our guest, the city of LaPorte engineer, Nick Minnick, you're welcome to call or text me at 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Nick, I know you're involved in a lot of the um, you know new projects that are happening around LaPorte and stuff like this. Um, th- there is uh, some more trails going in, if I'm right, around Clear Lake, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the Healthcare Foundation, such an amazing supporter of our community. Um, they did give the city a grant to complete the Clear Lake Loop Trail. And then in addition to that, the city is committed. Um, we're, we're hoping through our redevelopment commission and we'll request some funds from the council for the recovery dollars too. But uh, we're, we're looking at also full reconstruction of uh, Truesdale from, from Pine Lake Ave to McClung. And that'll include some, some additional kind of non-motorized active transportation amenities so so we, we we've heard this from a couple of listeners before that truesdale is one of the worst kind of roads going on right now and obviously it sounds like you're trying to wait for the flaherty and collins property to get done yeah. these kind of things but within the next year all of that should be redone correct correct yeah we're looking to hopefully uh finalize design spring and then have construction start in the summer ideally uh, the majority of the road work will be done by the end of the summer all right, and then there's some stuff going in Newport Landing as well, and then right by Newport Landing, there's a 7-Eleven, but the, uh, what is it that's going in that people are seeing getting built right now in Newport Landing? So at the, at the corner of Pine Lake Ave and Truesdale, we have the Kensington development. So Kensington's a developer we've been working with for a number of years, um, and they're you know looking at, I think it's fairly public knowledge, it's, it's, a, it's a replacement Aldi, so our current Aldi. Um, you know, obviously the, the city more so on the, the mayor and, and, you know, Burt Cook and others to, to work with grocers to make sure we don't leave that gap on the west side. But, um, but it is a great opportunity for us to have a very, very nice, new, very functional uh, Aldi here in LaPorte. All right, we've got City of LaPorte engineer Nick Minnick with us on the show today. If you have a question, you're welcome to call or text us, 219-362-0522, or email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. Here's some questions we've got coming in through the text line. Thanks so much for texting, everyone. I have an existing parking lot, and I want to regrade and repave it. Is drainage an issue, meaning do I need to put in some sort of drainage system before I pave it? Thank you. Yes. So, um this is this is kind of a there's a there's a line and there's a line between maintenance and and re, rebuilding something so if you're going to reconstruct a lot and change your drainage and change things about it then you would need to to get a permit we need to um, to look at how drainage is handled if you're just doing maintenance on an existing parking lot that's not something that would require kind of additional drainage work or anything like that so it's really that uh, change in the the construction, change in the in the structure of of something like a parking lot that would trigger the need for a building permit uh, and an additional storage for for stormwater. 
All right, another question for you. What happened to the city doing the $50,000 a year of sidewalks to be fixed by the city that was ordered by the federal court? Are you technically now in violation of that order? Oh, no, not at all. We, we actually spend significantly more than $50,000 a year in sidewalks. Um, we, we have a 50-50 program that we started that, that we've done for many years, but this spring we've had a hard time getting it going just because, like everyone, you know, staffing and, and projects and everything, there's, there's a lot going on and, and we don't always have the resources to get it done. But the city has been investing anywhere on average between, I'd say about $300,000 and $500,000 in sidewalks every year over the last six years, I, w- I would guess. Um, those sidewalk programs don't always come straight from our ADA budget, but they, but they come from other sources too. So like I mentioned earlier, the Community Crossings Paving Program, we do a lot of uh, ADA accessible ramps and sidewalks th- through that program. But we are, we are far exceeding the $50,000 a year. Um, the other thing that we're doing is um, our last sidewalk inventory was in 2007. Um, we've done a lot of work since 2007, so we're looking at updating that inventory over the next couple months, um, using staff resources to get that done. And then that's gonna help us to, to better uh, lay out a plan for sidewalks moving forward. But, uh, but we have been working very diligently at trying to, to fix sidewalks throughout the city. There's a lot to do. There's, there's just, um, I think what people really don't understand is there, there was a lawsuit and a part of that lawsuit uh, there was an agreed order. That agreed order How essentially- How long ago was this lawsuit, by the way? Um, around 2007. Before you started it? Yes, okay. yeah. Yeah, and everything was finalized, uh, I think 2013, something like that. But what came out of that was the city side agreed order. And unlike municipalities across the state, part of that agreed order was we essentially took control of the sidewalk network. So before that, since the early 1900s, the, the city had in the books an ordinance that stated that it was property owner's responsibility to construct and maintain sidewalks. So with that agreed order, essentially we took ownership of you know, all of the previously deficient sidewalks that may or may not been constructed well, and, and then took on the responsibility of making all of those ADA accessible. So, so we have been working quite a bit. We, we utilize federal funds, we utilize state funds, we utilize our own local funds. We, we do everything we can to try and um, get as many done as possible because we, we're on a timeline, we need to get it done, and, and we're, we're kind of, like I said, diligently working to, to make sure that all sidewalks in the city are ADA accessible. It won't be done next year, but. Do you think you are closing the gap though? We are, so we're, we have two priority areas um, that are nearing completion priority area. One was substantially complete back in, I, th- I think, 17, and um, we should be getting pretty close on our priority area two, priority area three, and this is all per that agreed order. Priority area three is the rest of the city. So that is gonna take some time to make sure that we correct all ADA deficiencies. And, and um, w- one thing that I'll mention is, when we say correct all ADA deficiencies, that means we're fixing trip hazards. We're not necessarily going out and giving everybody brand new sidewalks. So also, I know that the city's replacing a lot of sidewalks. How old are some of these sidewalks that are you're replacing? So I, I, I did a little research, um, I think a few years back when we did the sidewalks on Jefferson, there was a stamp in one of the sidewalks. And so that sidewalk had actually been uh, laid in the early 1900s, right around I think 1908. Uh, so, so we're looking at we're fixing sidewalks, we're fixing infrastructure that's been in place, and 
hopefully somewhat functional for, for at least 100 years in a lot of cases. So um, these sidewalks are not are not new. <laughs> you know, we, we know we've got these issues. Uh, you know, the, the tree canopy has has aged as well. That's causing issues. There's there's a lot of different issues that we're trying to address. And, and we are trying to do it in a fairly systematic way so that, you know, we're, we're um, being as efficient with those taxpayer dollars as possible. We've got City of LaPorte engineer Nick Minnick on the show today. The liquor ball on our line is 219-362-0522. That's 219-362-0522. Just put that in your phone. All right, put sound off in there. You can text me when you have a question on it. Um, and uh, give me a call if you want. Uh, if you have a question for Nick Minnick, we've got some texts coming in though. So I think it's a good idea for a restaurant at Lily Lake, but let them have the whole uh, whole lot. If you really want a canoe rental, Clear Lake would be perfect. The old hospital needs to be demolished. It's old and wore out. It would be a money pit. Don't get involved with it. Do you agree? Um, Any comments to this? There's not really a question here. Personally, yes, I would love to have a restaurant on on Clear Lake and I think Lily you know, Lake He's on, Lily, on Lake. Lily Lake yeah. yeah great we should have restaurants on all of our lakes that sounds really enjoyable I, I like to eat our local restaurants all right here's another one why do you repave roads that do not need it just because they are by a school when there are other side roads that clearly need repaved so that that's a little bit of a, um, a loaded question so there are a lot of roads that need reconstructed or rebuilt but there's also a lot of roads that need uh, certain levels of maintenance, and some of that maintenance means repaving. So if you have a road that you can repave and put an inch and a half of surface down and get an extra seven to 10 years of life out of that road, that's gonna be a better financial situation for the city than to go in and reconstruct another road. So when you the highest cost to, to repair infrastructure is a reconstruction of a road. Um, but but again, if you can keep those roads in decent condition, then you avoid that extremely high cost of full replacement. So you may see an inch and a half, or you may see a little more pavement go down on certain roads that seem better than others, but it's because by doing that over the long term, our asset management program is actually creating kind of this delta that allows us to go in and now fix some of these roads that really need substantial work that are significantly right. more expensive too. significantly right? more expensive all right well we've got nick minnick the city of laporte engineer on the show we're going to take our final break of the day and keep these questions coming through our text or phone lines 209-362-0522 got some more questions coming in through text if you have got a question again for nick minnick we'd love to hear from you that's 209-362-0522 glad to have you with us on the show today uh keep listening to 96.7 the eagle Welcome back, friends. Just about uh, 10 minutes left on the show today. If you have a question, we've got City uh, of LaPorte engineer Nick Minnick with us, 209-362-0522. You can text me. You can call me. Uh, send a pigeon as long as they get here within 10 minutes. All right. Here's a question we received, Nick, through our text line. Do you know if there's an ordinance on the books for the contractors to remove utility locate flags after they're done with their construction? I see a lot of flags still on certain job sites around the city, and I wouldn't think it would be up to the homeowner to remove those flags from their yard. Thank you. You know, I'm not sure if there's an ordinance on the book to remove, and, and in most cases, it's very, very strict on not removing those flags. Um, now, at, at the end of the project, it, it would make some sense. Um, 
those flags and, and, and the regulations around utility locates, is, that's more on a, on a state level. So um, even our utilities have to go through the, you know, 811 locate process whenever, whenever they do work. Um, you know, we, if, if we hit something, we're, we're fine just the same as any other contractor. So um, it'd be something to look at, and I'll, I'll take a look at that and see if that might be something we want to do. All right. Thank you so much. We've got a caller on the line today. Let's get to that caller. Hey, thanks so much for calling today. What's your question for uh, City of LaPorte Engineer Nick Minnick? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm uh, kind of wondering about other news. Uh, this also, but just kind of wondering with all the things going on nationwide. Are you going to have some shows coming up where you know we talk about that? And, uh, well, we'll uh, reflects on our community here. Yeah, certainly we'll have those shows as well. Yeah, no, we're not getting rid of topic shows. I just wanted people to know that if if they see two guests in a week or something, it's not like we're getting rid of topic shows. Uh, we just you know had to get a, a panelist. Well, I mean, I mean and, topics of you know national or international. There's so many things going on. Uh, oh, uh, I see. A lot of important things going on, and that uh, I'm just kind of wondering when we're going to come back to uh, talking about those things. Uh, they'll greatly affect everybody in the county. All right. Yeah. Let me explain a little bit of our philosophy on that. So one of the things that we try to do here is we try to keep this locally based as much as possible, whether it's state or local um, government and questions. Um, you know, infrastructure bills, these kind of things will impact you. Um, but but there, there are a lot of things that are happening nationally that won't. And so finding those topics that will impact us. Um, and that could be, you know, again, um, whether or not, like we had a conversation, whether or not they should reform some of uh, our child abuse laws, these kind of things based on what we saw locally. Um, but we do try to manage and we try to, the, the station tries to have these conversations in a way that um, does interest our local community. Um, because obviously th there are so many just different national stuff that's happening, different national shows um, to, to participate in that. But there's not a lot that are focused just on LaPorte County. And so we try to do that as best as we can here. Um, here's a, another question for you, uh, Nick. We've got Nick Minnick, uh, this LaPorte uh, engineer here with us. Give this listener the best reason that the city needs a Tipton Street overpass. Sure. Yeah. So the the Tipton Street overpass is a is a safety improvement. That that's the that's the biggest reason we're looking at doing this. Anytime you have an at grade crossing, whether there's a, a history of it, which all of our crossings do, or there's not, there's a there's an opportunity for a a train and vehicle or a train and pedestrian collision at those at those crossings. So the Tipton Street overpass offers us an opportunity to greatly improve our safety within our, our transportation network. There's a lot of other benefits to it, um, but it's, it's, it's first a safety project, but then also, you know, it, it's a reliability project. So I think the, the secondary, and, and then we can kind of keep going down the line, but the secondary benefit is having that, that overpass creates a reliable crossing. Um, several times I've heard from both our police department and, and our, our fire chief that, you know, sitting, waiting to respond to a call at a railroad is, is just not not an option. And uh, the overpass in the middle of the city is just not always an option either. So we do have times when, when that's not available. And, and in this case, you know, we, we have a, a lot of gridlock and issues transportation wise and safety wise. So it is a safety, it is really a safety improvement, but it, you know, it goes well beyond that and it, it'll be a great asset for the community 
for our entire transportation network. And I know this isn't the first level goal, but would would a p- potential secondary cursory goal of this is to take down some of the train noise as well? Yeah, so by, by doing this, um, we will get closer to a quiet zone without additional dollars spent. So th- this was an 80-20 grant where we only pay 20% for right-of-way acquisition and construction. We don't pay anything up front for design. So really it's like probably a closer to a 90-10 type grant situation. Um, so for for a smaller amount on the city's side in investment, uh, we're we're getting you know three crossings at a at a place where we don't need to do any additional improvements to get a quiet zone. All right, here's a question for you: What is an update on the north south economic corridor? So um, north south corridor is moving forward, but we've also kind of taken one step back. And after the the last round of public meetings and some some different opportunities, we're looking at. You know, the preferred alternative is is reasonable from a from a NEPA standpoint, from a transportation uh, uh, standpoint. NEPA. That's, okay. So that essentially, that's the environmental review. Um, it's it's good from those standpoints, but we want to make sure that it's really the right project for the community too. So we're uh, looking at a couple other alternatives. Those alternatives need to be modeled. So we need to run the model again with some different alternatives so that we know how it really impacts. And that's that's what's happens so far to determine the, the current corridors, but we want to make sure that we get this right for our community. Um, but once that modeling is complete, then it will keep moving forward. So are the proposed ideas for the corridor, if I remember right, on those first meetings, there were three proposals of where it could go to the north. Are those proposals not the current iteration of probably what will, will happen? Well, so from those three proposals on the north side, um, one was selected as the preferred to move forward. But from that one alignment, we're kind of looking at some different alternatives. So so really, it's, it's not bringing back Seavers Road or 300 or anything like that. It's, it's just um, taking the, the current preferred alignment and then looking at, you know, does, a, does an extension to Range Road make sense? Does, you know, are there different things that also make sense? And how would those impact the, the overall traffic and uh, benefits? It, is part of the, you know, is, is part of your considerations in this to impact, I know you're the city of Laporte engineer, mm-hmm. obviously. But is there considerations for the county residents to impact them the least or as minimal as possible as well? Is that part of the considerations as well? Yeah, I mean, impact, people are being impacted by the road right now. There's there's no doubt about it. People are being impacted by our, our current streets. We want to minimize impacts across the board. So we want to make sure that goods and services can can be, you know, move freely on, on our streets. But also, you know, we, we don't want people having to deal with additional noise and, and things like traffic, things like that. Um, this is this is a whole traffic transportation network issue that we're trying to address. So no matter what we do, there's going to be impacts. The, the do nothing scenario, it greatly impacts a lot of people I mean, in very significant ways. Um, but, but I think there's levels of alternatives that we can move forward and make sure that we're, we're addressing our overall countywide transportation needs, which, and people sometimes forget the city is in the county. So you know, we, we have transportation needs and we're in the county too. All right, our final question of the day. What is the water department going to do on Ohio Street next week? So the water department is closing a loop. So the uh, Whispering uh, Meadow subdivision has a, a water line that goes up to Ohio Street and the water department has um, a water main that ends on Ohio Street. So they'll be closing the, the loop and uh, that'll have uh, positive impacts on the water network in that area. All right, Nick Minnick, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'll give you the final word. What do you want our listeners to know? Uh, just 
we're, we're here for you. That's, that's our role. So communicate with us and, and we'll do our best to make sure that we meet your needs from an inf- infrastructure standpoint the best we can. And I, I assume you're like Mayor Tom Dermody, that if you have a question, you don't even have to ask it online. Just call or, or, or find a way to connect to you, right? Call, call the office. Um, email's great because, you know, that, that does get to me a little bit quicker because it gets me anywhere I'm at. But mm-hmm. whatever. What's your email address? It's edminick at cityoflaporein.gov. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show again, uh, Nick. Nick Minnick is the City of LaPorte engineer. If you have any questions about that, again, refer your questions to Nick, not me, because I don't know the answers. I just like to provide the access for our listeners to those who are making decisions and, and uh, helping you uh, have a better community. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening today. Uh, you can always find this episode on hometownnewsnow.com or wherever our podcasts are found. If you ever miss an episode and want to catch up or just re-listen, you're welcome to do that there. Please rate it, subscribe, help us out by sharing that that as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Monday. Have a great day and keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off Podcast at 96.7theeagle.com.